Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and as always, we've got a lot of ground to cover in what is currently the fastest 60 minutes of radio starting next Monday. Uh, it will no longer be only an hour. We're going to expand uh, to two full hours from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. every day here on KSL News Radio. Uh, so join us for two hours where we will still do what we always do on this program, and that is try to slow things down just a little bit, help you divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots, and help you make the news make sense. Uh, that's what it's all about. And as always, uh, we're going to continue to ask you to help us do that. You can do that by chiming in on our Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line at 57500. Uh, we've got a great show uh, coming at you today. Uh, we'll be uh, joined coming up at 1120 by our good friend and pollster Scott Rasmussen, uh, who has a couple of really interesting national polls that he has just completed uh, that have some really interesting perspective in terms of our trust of government. Uh, around the country, across all the political demographics. Uh, he also has a really interesting one as it relates to religion and Easter uh, that we're going to dive into just a, a little bit as well. And so uh, stay with us coming up at 1120. And then a special treat for you today. Uh, you do not want to miss this. 1135, uh, President Astrid Tamines from Utah Valley University is going to join us as we wrap up and, and put a capstone on Women's History Month. Uh, she has uh, done so much for women in higher education. And so we're going to be joined by President Tamines coming up at 1135 today. You don't want to miss that. We'll round out uh, talking about some of the things that we're learning as we uh, go through the uh, final stages of the pandemic and some of the things we can do as we roll through Easter week. Uh, we uh, talked yesterday about Passover happening over the weekend and uh, some of the important things there in terms of family and connection and uh, what actually happens at the dinner table uh, that matters. So stay with us. Big show uh, for you throughout the day today. Uh, but let's start with some of the uh, the headlines, the news that's going on around the country. We have been tracking and watching, of course, the uh, issues happening at the border. Uh, and one of the uh, frustration factors uh, for me has been the fact that if you if you take a spin around the dial, uh, as I often do, if you go to CNN and MSNBC and Fox News and Newsmax, you can hit all the different varieties and uh, angles of news. And the thing that's most disappointing to me uh, as we look at the issue at the border is most of the debate is is not about 
what we should do or how we should help or what the policy should be moving forward, we are literally having a debate whether we can call it a crisis or a challenge. Really? Uh, we got to be better than that. Uh, it doesn't matter what you call it. Uh, people are suffering and it's preventable. And so it goes to this whole idea that we often come back to that we end up with this fake fight and false choice. And the fake fight is that we're too divided on the issue of immigration. The false choice is that you are either cold-hearted and uncaring uh, or you don't care about the country. Uh, Those are both wrong. And we have to dismiss those out of hand and have a different kind of conversation. So I want to step back for a minute. It's one of the things we're going to, I'm really looking forward to being able to do with the expanded two hour show starting next week is we can dig in a little deeper and, uh, and look at some of the perspectives on all of these things from across the political spectrum. uh, And then look at what does it mean for us? How do we apply it? And uh, how do we move things forward in a positive way? And so I want to back up just a little bit. I'm going to go back uh, last week. The United States Secretary of Homeland Security, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, uh, and uh, Secretary Mayorkas uh, really made the rounds. The administration sent him to all of the cable news networks over the course of a weekend uh, talking about uh, what's happening at the border. And one thing in particular really bothered me. I I always hate it when we're pointing fingers and placing blame and shrugging our shoulders. Uh, That's never the answer to anything. But not only was Secretary Mayorkas doing that, some of the things he chose to do it about uh, were also really frustrating to me. The root cause of the migration, Jonathan, is the poverty of violence, the persecution uh, of people uh, in the countries uh, primarily of, of the Northern Triangle, El Salvador, Guatemala and Honduras. And why we are seeing uh, the surge now is in part because the funds that were dedicated to those three countries to address the root causes uh, was uh, discontinued under the Trump administration. Why the challenge at the border is as difficult as it is now, even though we are tackling it and will tackle it successfully, is because the entire system was dismantled by the Trump administration and we are in the midst of a pandemic. All right, so Secretary Mayorkas uh, made this case. Uh, I I agree with him on the first part, that part of the root cause of the migration is because of poverty, violence, and persecution in those countries in the Northern Triangle, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras. Uh, I agree with him on that. Uh, There is great poverty there. There is persecution there. There is violence there, to be sure. But then he went on to place all of this blame at the feet of the previous administration because the previous administration stopped sending billions of dollars to those three countries. And so let's unpack that just a little bit. Uh, are we for investing in, in countries that are developing? Yes. Uh, is that a good way to uh, help foster uh, freedom and liberty and so on? It can be if, and it's a very, very big if, if there is change and accountability, transparency in what takes place, if there's anything we should have learned over the last several decades across administrations of Republicans and Democrats alike, is that simply dumping money into governments, some of which have a lot of corruption, some are completely corrupted, 
But even if there's this massive corruption, just dumping billions of dollars into it is not going to help the people of that country. And so to place blame simply on the fact that uh, money was cut off to some of those countries, and now everyone's fleeing and, and coming to the border of America, uh, that, that just doesn't cut it. Uh, in fact, what we should do, if we are going to invest and spend billions of taxpayer dollars uh, to help these countries, again, transparency and accountability. And what should we hold them accountable for? We should hold those countries and those governments accountable for setting up systems that encourage and foster entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurs drive freedom and liberty. And countries that squelch that are in trouble. And just sending more billions of dollars into them is not going to change that or help that. And so we, we have to change the model. Look at our own country. Our own country was driven by entrepreneurs. We talk about the founding fathers. They were great. They were wise. They were noble. They were inspired. And they were all a bunch of entrepreneurs who wanted to run their businesses and grow their version of a dream. And they were tired of being overtaxed and overregulated. And so if we want to help these countries and, and encourage a space where people are going to want to stay in their countries and not just flee to the border, then if you want to drive that kind of freedom, you got to have entrepreneurs to do that. And you have to have government systems that are not corrupted to the point that entrepreneurs can't survive and flourish. A real critical piece of the puzzle. Uh, another thing I want to hit just real quickly before we uh, dive into a commercial break, and that is uh, Utah Senior Senator Mike Lee was part of a group of senators that went down to the border this past week. And uh, we just want to play a little bit of his observations uh, from down there at the border. All of this is a very preventable crisis. It's a crisis brought about as a result of the deliberate, willful non-enforcement of U.S. law. This is a tragedy, and it's got to stop. So Senator Lee said uh, many things down there at the border, and uh, important to, to note uh, that Senator Lee knows that area incredibly well. Uh, he spent two years down there as a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, and I think it was a little stunning, a little stirring to him uh, how bad it has gotten even since he was down there. And this important principle that we have to remember is that compassion and rule of law are compatible principles. They're compatible principles, and people agree on what we need to do for immigration and border, uh, and we need to have that conversation. We need people who are going to have the political courage and the political will uh, to actually solve the problem rather than scoring political points, and we have to expect that. We have to demand that as citizens. We're going to go ahead and step aside now for a quick commercial break. When we come back, Scott Rasmussen, independent pollster, will join us. He'll talk about, well, how much do we trust the government? Find out next. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs> 